0: X.com/compatibility. Let's go!
3: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VZ.
0: Welcome into the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I am Brady Cannon, along with my partner Mike Pritchard, live from the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa on this Wednesday, February twenty third, twenty twenty two. Mike, 19 days away from Selection Sunday, 37 days away from hopefully opening day for Major League Baseball, 45 days away from the Masters, and 54 days away from the NBA playoffs. Great to be with you, my friend. I, I think this is a first. We were talking about it on the mm-hmm. way into the studio. Uh, you know, we've known each other for well over a decade, and I think this is the first time we've actually been paired together at v
4: You know what? I, I was just going over that, trying to recall. I, I want to <laughs> say we did. Show together in the summer during baseball. We had baseball at the time. Okay. Um, But I, you know, look.
0: I I think I I remember that. Okay,
4: good, good. Because I was thinking, okay, a little too many shots to the head there, football wise. Well, you know, know, it's like
0: baseball has (laughs) become the forgotten sport. (laughs) Right, right? it has.
4: It has. A lot of people would like to forget about baseball at this point because these guys can't get on the same page, which is crazy to me, right?
0: Yeah, they had their second day of meetings yesterday, and I didn't really hear any reports about how those meetings went, but it, it seems like they're on a fast track. They're okay. trying to push this through. I guess they're meeting throughout the uh, rest of the week here. So hopefully, like I say, uh, hopefully 37 days away from opening day right. in Major League Baseball. Now, Mike, of course, there were so many people here in Las Vegas and across the country that got married on two twenty-two twenty-two. Were you a part of the crew that tied the knot on uh, Deuces Wild Tuesday? No, I did
4: not do that. I did, though. I did, Brady. Way back in the day when I did get married, uh, I, I, we got married on Valentine's Day.
0: Oh, okay. So every Valentine's Same month, anyway. Well, yeah,
4: so I'm still friends with my ex-wife, right? And, and so every Valentine's Day, she reminds me that I've ruined Valentine's Day for her. <laughs> <laughs> because I took that day away for her. that was my intention, though, right? You get married, you get married on Valentine's Day. That's our day, but uh, it didn't work out that way. But it's it's nobody else's day with her, that's for sure. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, found out that yeah. uh, I found out that Wes Reynolds and Matt Eumans did not get married on oh, okay. two okay. twenty two two yesterday either. I mentioned that we are less than three weeks away from Selection Sunday. We're getting down to the nitty gritty in college basketball, and a good slate of games on Tuesday night. The Tennessee volley. Volunteers got a big bounce-back win on the road at Missouri. They were coming off of a loss to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Took care of business over the Tigers, 80 to 61 on Tuesday. They covered as ten and a half point favorites. Mike, again on the road, good win for the Tennessee Volunteers, mm-hmm. and the game goes over the total of 130. Yeah, you know, Brady, I love the SEC in terms of just the uh, competitiveness
4: up and down the conference. Yep. Tennessee, one of the better defensive teams. Uh, uh, in the conference as well. So w- when you take care of business like this against uh, uh, a bad basketball team, I don't want to say Missouri. I don't, yeah. don't want to use that word too strongly here, but they're, they're not playing well. Right, and so you got to dominate them defensively, take the ball away, create opportunities, and that's what we saw with Tennessee.
0: I kind of like this team, Tennessee. You know, they had that big win over the Kentucky Wildcats mm-hmm. a couple weekends ago, and then it was understandable where they kind of let down and lost to Arkansas. But they certainly got on, uh, got back on track on Tuesday night. Speaking of Arkansas, this team is on quite a mm-hmm. roll right now, Mike. They uh, went into Florida into the O'Connell Center and took care of the Gators on Tuesday night, 82 to 74 for the final, and that was their 12th win in their last 13 games. It was the first time that Arkansas has won on the road at Florida in their last 15 trips to Gainesville. Arkansas closed as a one-point favorite. This line really flipped all around in the morning. It was at Arkansas minus one uh, for an opener. It got to pick them. I mm-hmm. even saw Florida minus one. Arkansas, uh, no, no use for the point spread there. They win handily. It did come down to the end, but Again, the final 82-74. to 74. They cover as one-point favorites, and the game sails over the total of 135.5.
4: Yeah, how about that? Uh, you know, Mousselman is doing a great job there at Arkansas. certainly remember him when he was up north, uh, UNR. But, uh, you know, Florida, when it got to a pick him I was interested in that game. Uh, but then, you know, we still had some line movement, didn't settle in on the price for me. Uh, but I, I love the fact that Arkansas is that complete team effort that you see typical of a mark Musselman team. Uh, and, and so when you got guys with five starters in double figures or five players in double figures, that was pretty impressive there from Arkansas.
0: You know, I've got a futures ticket on the Razorbacks to win it all. Okay. And and I bet them earlier in the season at 50-1, to one, and, and it was really a bad number because they went on that losing streak early in the conference mm-hmm. schedule, and I think they got up better than 100-1. to 1. Right. They were into triple digits for sure, but now with this latest run they're on, 50-1 to 1 looks like a decent number again. Right,
4: right. Now, when I watch Arkansas offensively, they seem a little chaotic at times, right, because of what they do defensively and how they are on the floor, but uh, when they are executing, though, they're impressive to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I like Musselman. I mean, yeah. that was part of the reason what they did in the tournament last year. I thought they were pretty impressive, and this guy just seems to find a way to get his team to ready to play come tournament time. Uh, the Iowa also on a roll. They've won five out of their last six games. The Michigan State Spartans have lost five out of their last Mm. six games. Iowa took care of business on its home court as six-point favorites. They crushed the Spartans 86 to 60, and the game stayed under the total of 154. You know, it's interesting, Mike. uh, Typically, this time of year, we're talking about how Tom Izzo has his team peaking, and they're a real tough out come tournament time, but they are absolutely struggling right now. As I say, they've lost five out of six.
4: Yeah, going the other way right there and question about how physical they play. Typically, an Izzo team is going to play physical. When you get out physical by Iowa (laughs) down low, that's something uh, to highlight right there with the Michigan State uh, Spartans. But uh, Iowa going into that matchup, averaging around 90 points a game. They fell short of the average, and you see it cashes to the under right there. But, uh, no, they've been knocking down shots and scoring at will and impressive, certainly at home. And plus, they were juiced up. Luka Garza was back in the building. Yeah, uh, and and they were juiced up. The crowd was juiced up. The players were an, an animated and energized as well. So when you get that that home court advantage against a struggling basketball team, this is the result right here: 86 to 60.
0: Maybe the game of the night took place in Stores, Connecticut, where the UConn Huskies held off the Villanova Wildcats, 71 to 69, in a Big East matchup between a couple of ranked teams. This game was a push on mm-hmm. the closing number. Again, the Huskies winning that one by two points, and it sneaks under the total of one thir- Excuse me, sneaks over the total of one thirty-seven. This was a big win for UConn, and they avoid the season sweep by the Villanova Wildcats. Yeah,
4: absolutely. You know, this was a game that I had money on. Uh, we talked about it on Betting Across America with Josh Applebaum. And uh, we explored the fact that you had a, a lower-ranked team as a favorite here at right. home. Uh, and then, you know, you look at the injury concerns that Nova Mina had with Gillespie. And, yeah. But he was out there on the floor. Uh, but I played the money line. <laughs> I oh, played good the money for you. Line. Right, right. Nice. A now, savvy bet, well, Mr. Pritchard. it was savvy only because I listened to our experts here at VEASAN, right? I mean, <laughs> normally, typically, I would have played a side here, maybe taken uh, a later two points. But, um, no, I played the money line when you have a, a short favorite like this, a situation like that. And, and I was lucky. I mean, we sweated that one out. Uh Certainly, how the game ended. I mean, the coach getting tossed, Hurley getting tossed early, which was incredible. I don't, can't tell you how many times I rewinded the the DVR uh, feed that I had, uh, and like, okay, why did he even get tossed? I I wanted to know. I wanted to see what that was like. pumping up the crowd, right? But before that, he was standing on the sideline, just being animated. But yet, this official who was trailing the play, obviously you got the trail official, and he's just eyeballing Hurley all the whole time. And he didn't even do anything. He was just standing there. Uh, And so then when he got animated with the crowd, I guess the official thought he was showing him up. But it was ridiculous. But either way, UConn was able to overcome that uh, and still get the win.
0: How about uh, the money line bet that you mentioned you made there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that can be really useful, not only in college basketball, maybe more so in college basketball, but also in, like, the NFL. You know, if, if you've got a team laying two and a half or something like that or even one and a half, what, what kind of number are you comfortable with where you're going to go towards the money line rather than laying the points? Well, or, or is every situation different? I think every situation is different for me. Uh, I've been betting now for two years because as a player
4: I couldn't bet. Right. Uh, but now- now, you know, working on two years and uh, getting more and more comfortable with money line situations, obviously betting hockey is a money line situation. Right. Um, and, and so for basketball, I, I lean on Josh Applebaum a lot because, you know, he points out the line movement where the sharp action could be perhaps, uh, but then also angles and then uh, just common sense in, in my thought process in terms of, do I want to lay points here with a game that could go either way, can come down to free throws, which that's the feeling that I had with this matchup, uh, or do I just settle on a winner? Uh, and to me, settling on a winner, uh, UConn at home, uh,
0: that's why I played the money line. And it certainly worked out nicely for you. Good bet once again. The Red Raiders of Texas Tech, they got some revenge and then some over the Oklahoma Sooners mm-hmm. on Tuesday night. It's the only loss that Texas Tech had suffered this month, and then they turned the tables on Oklahoma in a big way, 66-42. to 42, They covered as 9.5-point favorites. The game stayed well under the total of 130 as the ninth-ranked Red Raiders won for the 20th straight time on their home floor. Just incredible. incredible. Uh, A 2019 uh, championship opportunity right there with
4: different coach Chris right. Beard. Right, yep. uh, Chris Beard leaves, goes to Texas, Texas Tech uh, with these players. Uh, it's been an incredible year. I I, I asked Greg Hoops Peterson his question about how good is this basketball team. Like I don't know if we know how good Texas Tech is right now or 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 how good they can be. I know Kentucky, Gonzaga, you know the Blue Bloods and everything.
0: Duke. We're going to talk about them, but. Uh, Texas Tech is quietly having a a superb season this year. And pretty impressive certainly over Oklahoma and Oklahoma now really struggling on Tuesday night. Uh, A wild one out in the Mountain West. Mike, how about the action in Boise, Idaho (laughs) last night? Boise completed the season sweep of the San Diego State Aztecs winning 58 to 57 as two-point favorites. Broncos get the win. Aztecs get the cash. Another defensive battle Mm -hmm. and this game did stay under the total of 120 and a half Boise State remains atop the Mountain West Conference they're at 13 and 2 22 and 6
4: overall comes down to those free throws you got to hit those free throws SDSU that may miss them down the stretch Uh, big buckets there for Boise State but uh, physical game uh, these possession type games in a low total those are hard for me to play what about you
0: I I thought if any way I was going to go on that game last night, I would have gone over because the first game was so low. I thought people would react to that as well as the line. I'm glad I stayed away. (laughs) When we come back, we'll get into the association. Just getting started here. Mike Pritchard and Brady Cannon on the Lombardi line. We'll be right back.
2: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds are like, you know who's really good Creighton, you don't watch Creighton.
0: 21 years or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522 21 one 4,700. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line. Brady Cannon and Mike Pritchard with you on a Wednesday, and we want to talk a little NBA. They are still in the All-Star break. They will resume action on Thursday night. Roughly 23 games remain in the regular season, and I want to take a look, Mike, at both the futures market and also what we've seen so far as far as the best teams against the spread, teams that are going over the total. What we've seen for the first more than half of the season so far and maybe how this can affect your betting going forward in the NBA regular season. Like I say, about roughly 23 games left for all these teams. And as far as the best against the spread record in the league right now, that goes to the Memphis Grizzlies at 40 and 20, double the amount of covers versus against the spread losses. The Oklahoma City Thunder, 35-19-4 against the spread. Also, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 34 22 and 2 and the the thunder certainly surprising there mm-hmm. they're one of the worst teams in the league the <laughs> cavaliers and the grizzlies a couple of great teams in the league this year the cavaliers i think maybe one of the most surprising seasons but I think that storyline kind of goes to, or reflects what we're seeing here as far as these teams and how they perform against the spread. They're exceeding expectations, right. right? We we didn't think the Grizzlies. Maybe there was some preseason speculation that they would be okay. They had a nice season last year, but nobody really, I don't think, predicted the Cavaliers to have the success that they're having this year. And it's showing up against the number.
4: It really is, Brady. Uh, very impressed by these squads right here. The Grizzlies. Uh, When you're looking at ATS records here, uh, they're a young, dynamic team, can score. John Morant, I mean, he's an incredible player. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm going to gravitate towards the home stretch here because, to me, the NBA kind of changes. It's got different phases. Beginning of the season, I I really don't try to participate participate betting uh, with the NBA. There's Mm -hmm. so much else going on as well. Uh, Right around the all-star break, the trade deadline, you can see some moves that could be impactful. Uh, You dabble a little bit, at least I do. And then as we get towards the playoffs, as the season changes, right, okay, which team's going to start distinguishing themselves and
0: and separate themselves? I, I think the Grizzlies continue on their path. Uh, you mentioned the. Cats. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think the Grizzlies—they—they they, they look to be on a mission, and mm-hmm. I don't know how far they're going to go. We'll talk about the futures here in just a moment, but they have been very impressive. And and one thing, as a Warriors fan, they have been a real thorn in the Warriors' right. side. Have the Grizzlies? Yeah, they they
4: have been. I love teams like this that aren't afraid of you know Golden State or, mm-hmm. or Phoenix or something like that, and uh, you know, and they're young enough to to not be afraid of those teams. Like, in other words, we have that confidence about ourselves. And if you think about the NBA, there's so much talent sprinkled across the entire league right now. Uh, you mentioned the Thunder. I, 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 I don't know if they continue uh, as the phases change in the NBA. The Cavs, I think they will. The Bulls, for sure. Uh, they just need to stay healthy if they can. Uh, and then the Raptors, another one of those teams, where maybe like oh, OKC okay, here, uh, in terms of could fall off as the phase of the NBA changes uh, as we march towards the playoffs.
0: Yeah, the Raptors, one of the best teams against the spread mm-hmm. as well, at 34-23 and uh, 0, the worst teams against the spread in the NBA so far this season. The Wizards and the Rockets, the Orlando Magic, the Magic are just a, not a very good team right. at all. But the two teams that surprised me here on this list are the Nets and the Bucks the New Jersey Nets, 23-34-2 against the spread, and the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champs, 26-34-0. And I guess it's uh, you know understandable because there were such expectations mm-hmm. for the Brooklyn Nets. Right. And then you have the defending champion in the Milwaukee Bucks, and so their number's probably going to be inflated on a regular basis, and that makes it that much more difficult to cover that number. And I think we've seen that in years past when LeBron was with the Cavaliers and they were battling the Golden State Warriors in so many of those championships. Those teams, obviously, extremely successful, but not so much against the spread, because the odds makers, they know what's going on, sure, too. Sure, absolutely, Brady. I agree with you 100% on that. And, I mean, the
4: records kind of reflect this, too, where, you know, you, you don't, everybody's squashed up in the East. Uh, you know, Milwaukee's two and a half games back uh, from mm-hmm. the league, but, but yet, in the middle of the pack, when you think about that conference, uh, and, and then the Nets, they just haven't been settled
0: you <laughs> And they uh, really right? haven't had a full team. They right? haven't
4: had a full team. And, and when you miss production, and now they lose James Harden. Right, and you missed the production of KD on the floor too. Okay, that, you're not going to uh, perform against the number uh, a lot of times, even though, uh, like you said, it could be inflated also
0: with the Bucks being inflated being the defending champions. This one stuck out to me as well. We look at the teams that have gone over the total the most, again, in the first better half of the season or so, and then teams that have stayed under the total. And, and a couple of these were surprising, the top teams, as far as cashing the under in the first uh, 50-some games of the season. The Dallas Mavericks, 20-38-1 mm. to the under. And uh, you would expect that team, you know, they, they have the perception of being high-flying and electric and scoring a lot of points. And, and, again, you know, the odds makers are probably setting that bar pretty high. So they are going under more often than not. And then the other one was the New Orleans Pelicans. Right. I believe last season they had more games go over the total than any other team. So, again, the odds makers are adjusting the Pelicans to the under 23, 34, and 2. Well, you know, the developments of the
4: season, too, like the Pelicans without Zion. Now, you, you yeah. wonder... Have, that makes have, a difference. Right, <laughs> have betters... Uh, been able to cash, you know, in terms of uh, teams going under, right? Uh, because you just don't have that same production. I mean, the Pelicans had to make that trade. McCollum, he's over there now. And so you're trying to add some more points and production on the floor. Uh, same thing with the Mavs. New coach, the situation, Porzingis and Luca. I mean, I mean, it's 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 just not settled. So as a savvy better, maybe you can take advantage of those situations. I, now, moving
0: forward, I think it kind of changes so as those numbers are probably going to adjust, right? Mike, a, a, as you well know, often in the NFL, we get worse to first. It, it, you know, things are very seesaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, a team that was really good the year prior, not so much. I mean, look at the Cincinnati Bengals, right? They, right. they went from worst to first. Uh, maybe you, you mentioned uh, something to think about going forward. Take a look at these teams that are very good to the under or good against the spread or whatever. Things are going to adjust mm-hmm. next season. So so pinpoint, take these five teams, the top five teams against the spread this year, it might not work. So they might flip all the way to the bottom next sure, year. Sure, sure. I'm curious about what the situation with the 76 is going to be now that
4: you have Embiid uh, and James Harden on the floor together. Like I, they lose some outside shooting because Curry's now in Brooklyn. But uh, I, you know, if they can get it together, figure that out, the chemistry on the floor, you know, that that could be dynamic enough to where okay, maybe it changes. Instead of the top
0: teams under the total here, 76ers, they start to light up the scoreboard a little bit more. Well, let's talk about the futures market. The 76ers to win the Eastern Conference at plus 350. The Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks are co-favorites at plus 280. And I spoke about this with. Wes Reynolds on the program on Tuesday. I don't understand really why the Nets are a favorite, especially now losing James Harden. Do we know if KD and Kyrie are going to be on the floor 100% of the time together? But the 76ers there, of course, acquiring Harden at plus 350. They are currently in the third position in the conference. Is there anything there on that list of competitors in the Eastern Conference that you like the number for them to get the conference crown?
4: You know, the Celtics standing out 12-1 to 1 right now. Uh, we, yeah, <laughs> you,
0: you know Wes and I hit on that one too. Yeah, hot team, right? Hot
4: now. team, young team, uh, well coached. The new coach, new energy, the new voices, and and you know, highly creative too. Uh, you know, uh, when you have a true point guard now, Marcus Smart, uh, his injury is going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, he certainly needs to be on the floor, but. Uh, just they're just dynamic when uh, scoring the basketball, and they stepped up defensively too. And mm-hmm. I think they've realized that as a as a transition team, a younger team with a new coach. The 76ers, you know, stand out a little bit at plus 350. The Heat,
0: well coached. Uh, that's that's right, one that kind of stuck out to team. me. There, there, there's a team that's first in the conference mm-hmm. right now, kind of being a little disrespected, maybe at five to one. Right, right. And if the Bulls can stay healthy. Uh, you know I'm, uh, on the board Bulls are 14 14 to 1 and 12 to 1 Bulls Celtics are uh, standing out to me right there. You talked about the Memphis Grizzlies over in the Western Conference they are 12 to 1 to win that conference. Now maybe a little bit tougher road to hoe there with Utah and Phoenix and Golden State up above them. And Denver and, Forget yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you, You're <laughs> absolutely right. Don't don't uh, sleep
4: on the nuggets. Yeah, I mean, the Joker is incredible. And Jamal Murray, when is he going to get back on the floor? Right. right? Uh, I, I saw a video of him, uh, I want to say, about four to five weeks ago. He still didn't look confident, you know, pregame warm-ups and, you know, just going through some motions. And uh, maybe now I think the confidence, because he should be healed. He mm-hmm. should be healed. Mm-hmm. Now the confidence on the floor uh, and his ability and him being confident with his ability on the floor in a game situation, uh, that's going to be key to watch there for the Nuggets. So, uh, attractive, though, at
0: 16-1. Real quick, who do you like better in the West, the Suns or the Warriors? Oh, man, without Chris Paul is tough. Uh, Warriors. I do like the Warriors because they're going to get Draymond back. I think it could be good for Chris Paul to rest. You know, he right. can have fresh legs come right. the playoff. Will will it be rust or rest? We will see for Chris Paul. We'll come back with more of the Lombardi line in just a moment. Mike Pritchard and Brady Cannon with you on a Wednesday right here at V the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the v schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to v slash podcast to get Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Hoops-Peterson. We'll look at every major and minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. There's also Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicap the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, and of course, Long Shots Get ready for the Honda Classic, which will tee off on Thursday. They're all for free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Steve Mackinan now joins us as he does every Wednesday, a point spread weekly Wednesday. He is the editor of VEASAN's online digital publication, and it arrives in your inbox about this time every Wednesday. Steve, good to be back with you again. And of course, you're heavy on the topic of college basketball in this week's issue. So let's talk about that. You uh, had some really interesting information how teams from the Power 5 conferences perform in the final two weeks of the regular season and of course that's where we are right now some very actionable betting information tell us a little bit about your study and what you found
3: well i tell you what brady uh this particular article that i published this week has been absolute gold for me the last three seasons and uh obviously i felt it imperative to to publish it again uh it it seems to remain incredibly consistent year after year Now, if you you take away nothing from the article, and mean, we're going to talk about a lot of things in here uh, now, but if you take away nothing from this, you should understand that home court advantage in the power conferences is enhanced greatly in the last two weeks of the season. Now, you can think of that for many different reasons, but to me, it seems like a fatigue issue. You get tired teams you're going up against what What are the best athletes in college basketball in the power of conferences. So there's a lot of foundation to this. Uh, but, again, if you're going to take one thing away from that, remember that home court advantage is much greater at this time of year.
4: Steve, I think what enhances it even more with your article is the fact that you allude to or point out the continuity aspect, too, with these Power 5 teams, home court advantage, uh, the coaches. Uh, I, I looked and I gravitate towards – um, seniority in terms of upperclassmen, veteran leadership, uh, uh, those aspects as well. But I love the fact that you enhance it even more uh, with the fact that you had the continuity with these coaches at home down the stretch in these Power Five conferences.
3: Yeah, if you look at these top teams that are on the list for uh, the teams that win over 70% of, the, uh, of their games in the last two weeks of the season over the last five seasons, the, co- the coaching consistency. Uh, you got some of the top coaches in the in the country on this list. You, you talk about uh, a guy like Matt Painter at Purdue, uh, Bill Self at Kansas, Tony Bennett uh, at Virginia, uh, Altman, Oregon. These are guys that are right at the top of the list of that you consider some of the best coaches in in the country and their teams play their best at the end of the season.
0: Steve, you've got a handful of these teams in action tonight as well. You've got Kentucky hosting uh, LSU, Providence is hosting Xavier, and Virginia Tech is at Georgia Tech. And historically, these have been three of the best teams against the number at home.
3: Yeah, tonight's a very interesting night for for several of the uh, tidbits that I put in this article. Now, you talk about one of those games in particular, the Virginia Tech going to Georgia Tech. Uh, This is a revenge game for Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has been uh, the top team in the country over the last five years in the last two weeks of the season, 16 and three against the spread. Uh, Obviously, they're not the level of team they've been in the last few years, but still, this is a team that usually comes to play at this time of year. Uh, They also fit into a a nice angle. I talk about the plus six to minus six spread range of home teams in the ACC doing very well. Uh, And now, if you think about the logic behind that, these are are games that are expected to be tight in the plus six to minus six range. The home court advantage uh, usually uh, turns out to be the difference in those types of games.
4: Steve, you got a unique situation with Providence, too. It's a short number for them at home. Uh, An important game because it could mean Providence getting that much closer to uh, winning the regular season conference, right? And first time in school history that way. But uh, how would you, I I don't know, not advise, but how how do you look at that situation when it's a short number, even though uh, what your data lined out is pretty strong uh, against the number anyway?
3: Yeah, you know, I tell you what, if you look at that specific game, Big East is the top team or the top conference uh, among the six over the last five years in terms of the home court advantage, 67.4% against the spread for home teams for the Big East in that. Obviously got a massive motivational factor here playing in for Providence. Uh, Ed Cooley's team typically plays great down the stretch. so They're one of my top teams on that list. And uh, certainly there will be no shortage of motivation in that game.
0: And Steve, you also point out in your article teams that are, that are at their worst in the final two weeks of the season when they're playing at home, and you've got a couple of those teams in action tonight as well. You've got West Virginia at Iowa State, and then also the Washington Huskies at Washington State. Washington State and Iowa State, a couple of the worst teams that you point out on your lists.
3: Yeah, and uh, if you want to look at that list, so we talked about three games last night, to, uh, Pittsburgh clobbered at Miami or against Miami last night, Uh, Nebraska lost at uh, Northwestern on a double digit number Uh, Alabama, uh, although they won the game, they failed to cover that game. So uh, the things seem to be uh, staying as, as they've been over the last five years. And I'm very pleased about that. And I'm very excited about what that potentially leads to over the next couple of weeks.
4: Absolutely. I mean, it, it seems at least for me, like I I look at TCU in a motivational spot, even Iowa State in a motivational spot. But this is such strong data right here. Like why overthink it at this point? I mean, Iowa State, West Virginia, like Brady was pointing out, I I mean, Iowa State, incredible turnaround story with Osselberger. uh, But laying five here at home against West Virginia on short rest, too. West Virginia has been on the road.
3: Yeah, so that will go even back to what we talked about last week, Brady, on, the, on the short rest versus a little longer. Yeah, long there rest you go. So, you got a
0: couple systems so, in play here, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, a lot of things converging here. Now, you, you got to be sort of disciplined and follow the stuff when it's there and maybe look for reasons why maybe not to play it in that case. But it, when you look at the, the data converging here, it certainly points to a situation where Iowa State will be uh, maybe struggle to beat that number tonight.
0: Steve, I think this one is really interesting. It caught my eye, a contest that we have tonight, and you've got, again, a couple of different columns there in your article in Point Spread Weekly, teams that are at the best at home down the stretch and then teams that are at their worst when they're on the road down the stretch as well. You've got Duke at Virginia. Now, Duke will be seeking revenge here. They lost on their home court to Virginia just a couple of weeks ago, but according to your column this week, Duke is one of the worst teams as far as revenge Records on the road down the stretch of the season. And conversely, Virginia, one of the best teams at this point in the season when they're on their home floor. So it looks like a bet on the Cavaliers to me.
3: Yeah, so I've kind of known this about Duke, but I had to go and double and triple check this. They've lost 10 straight road games in the last two weeks of the season uh, in, in the, or the regular season here in again ACC. Play 0-10 straight up. Oh, nine and one against the spread. Now they've been fantastic at home. So let's not confuse those two things, but on the road, they have struggled. Meanwhile, you got Virginia. Who's uh, again, we talked about them earlier. with Tony Bennett's team being one of the best teams down the stretch. Uh, this to me, uh, Duke lane, uh, lane five. And I don't care about the revenge or not. This does not make sense to me.
4: You know, see, when you point out the best home teams too, uh, Kansas, just one of the better teams uh, in the country, for sure. Uh, I'm curious, though, like Michigan State, we were talking about them, uh, you know, teams that are struggling uh, with the eye test, for sure. Like, uh, is this data strong enough to where, even though these best home teams and teams that could be struggling at times, you still would gravitate towards the data?
3: Yeah, Now. You, the Michigan State thing you bring up is, is quite interesting because I was considering that game last night when I saw when I had Michigan State on the overall best list. But if you dig down deep into the home uh, court records, Michigan, you'll see that a lot of their victories in the last two weeks have come at home. Mm-hmm. Michigan State 11 and 0 straight up 10 and 1 against the spread at home in the last two weeks of the regular season. Now, obviously they were on the road last night at Iowa and got clobbered. So it kind of fits into the pattern so if you're if you're going to back to Spartans down in this last, next couple of weeks, here, they got to be at home.
0: Steve, just about thirty seconds left. We've got uh, more NASCAR this weekend, and I know it's the time of the year when you run your simulations. Who comes out at the winner this week on the NASCAR circuit? Uh,
3: so far, we got Kyle Busch. Now I got to tell you, uh, Auto Club Speedway is the only track I have that gets an a A plus grade for handicapability uh, on my scale. So. Uh, You're going to want to wait till Sunday or till Saturday evening when the final simulation results are released. But this has been a very successful track uh, for handicapping. And uh, I was hoping you were going to compliment me on my call of Austin Sendrick last week. Oh, did
0: you? Oh, wow. (laughs) wow. Was that on the updated simulation that came out? No,
3: that was on my own personal handicap. You guys asked me for a long shot. That was my long shot. I played him
0: on Sunday at 30-1. to Mm. Our apologies. Congratulations, congratulations, (laughs) my man. That was awesome. Another reason to read Point Spread Weekly. Steve, we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the games this weekend, my friend. (laughs)
3: Thanks, guys. Take
0: care. All right. That is Steve Mackin, and we'll be back with more in just a moment. Bet on more than just the final score with One Game Parlay at BetMGM. One Game Parlay is designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. You can log into your BetMGM account and create your best parlay before the game starts. New to BetMGM? Sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with the bonus code VEASAN1000. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants at more than over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. Try the one-game parlay today. Eligibility restrictions may apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years of age or older to wager. It's a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets will expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The promotional Offers not available in Nevada and Mississippi. One game parlay not available in Washington, D.C. Brady Cannon and Mike Pritchard with you here on a Wednesday, filling in for Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on the Lombardi line, and it's time to talk a little NFL. Mr. Lombardi would be proud of us <laughs> for talking a little NFL here. We want to look at the futures market for the 2022 MVP, and a couple of things about betting futures, Mike. It can be tough because you're tying up your money for a long time, but oftentimes that is when you can get the best number too, and that's really the grind of playing the futures market It is. Timing the market, and I go back to like Joe Burrow winning the Heisman. I think he was like three hundred to one or something like that prior to the season. You remember the Vegas Golden Knights mm-hmm. when they were an expansion team? What were they five hundred to one to win the cup or something like that? And then I talked about my futures bet on the Arkansas Razorbacks this year. I got them at fifty to one. I could have had them at better than hundred to one. So again, it's timing. Right. But uh, let's take a look at the market the way it is right now for next year's NFL MVP. We'll just Look at the quarterbacks. That's primarily, of course, who the award goes to. And Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are your favorites at seven to one. And right now, that seems like a pretty decent number on either one of those guys. I, I mean, what was Rodgers towards the end of the season? What was he, two to one or minus money or whatever? Absolutely. You know, uh, for me,
4: Brady, I approach futures as building a position. Uh-huh. Like, allocation to me is probably. Uh, more of a thought process than, oh, okay, uh, am I catching the best number? Like, for instance, if I, if I consider my bankroll uh, and, okay, what percentage do I want to allocate of my bankroll to a future, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I want to allocate 1% on a number, say Aaron Rodgers right now because he's a back-to-back MVP right now. So, uh, okay, I'll you know, allocate a small percentage that way. Uh, and, but then I can also allocate a small percentage somewhere else as I get closer and closer to the season, and then perhaps during the season, as things shake out or unfold, uh, okay, I can go and commit what I want to commit with this position that I have, or move off the position. Yep. Either way, I haven't allocated too much and I haven't done too much damage to my bankroll. So uh, you're right. I mean, Patrick Mahomes uh, at plus 700, he's a favorite. Aaron Rodgers favorite, plus 700 too. Good numbers, attractive numbers, but there's so many unknowns right there. Like Patrick Mahomes... Eric Biennium might not be the offensive coordinator. Good point. Uh,
0: it could be Matt Was Nagy. He your teammate? Was he your teammate?
4: <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, got recruited together at University of Colorado. Very so, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's like a brother to me. So um, he might not be there. And so Matt Nagy might be the offensive coordinator. And, and that's yeah. significant to me. Aaron Rodgers is going to be without Hackett. He's now the head coach in Denver. Uh, and so Aaron Rodgers, I know they brought back uh, Clement, a longtime quarterbacks coach. But uh, it's different, you know, and LaFleur is still there. Uh, But there's so many unknowns. And and then also I want to give the audience uh, this information. I know there's no tampering uh, between front offices and and players, but there's no such thing as player-on-player tampering. You you can actively recruit as a player Uh uh, another player that's going to be a free agent. So if you're thinking about Josh Allen, you have to imagine that he's out there recruiting and trying to look for some receivers to help him out. Right, right. The Same thing with uh, Justin Herbert, because they might lose Mike Williams. And so you got to keep that in mind, too. Now, from an organization
0: standpoint to a player, you can't do that. But a player on player on a golf course, absolutely, you can recruit that way. Anybody on this list that catches your eye you know as we look down the board here you 've got uh, all all the quarterbacks Justin Herbert, you mentioned he 's at fourteen to one, mm-hmm. and I think certainly he 's a candidate i don 't love that number. I think Gil Alexander had him uh, prior to this season in the neighborhood of forty to one now it didn 't cash, but right. uh, obviously Justin Herbert has been slashed at fourteen to one. I, I was looking a little further down. Russell Wilson seems to be in this conversation every year right for for legitimate reasons and he's listed here at 30 to 1. I, that was one that jumped out to me because it, it feels like this could be kind of the chip on the shoulder, the revenge tour for Russell Wilson this year. And, and whether he's with Seattle or not, um, obviously he had the injury last season, but it, it seems like he just got a little bit disrespected or something like that and really not was never given an opportunity to put together the season I'm sure he wanted to mm-hmm. in 2021. So, you know, a guy that's always in that conversation at 30 to 1, that one uh, jumped out at me.
4: Well, it does jump out, and it's very attractive, too. But I look at the reasons why he could be at 30-1, to 1 too. I mean, he's, a, he's an incredible player. Uh, but lately, it's been about Russ. Yeah. Right? And it's been about Russell trying to win an MVP or certainly be thought of as an Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that. Uh, and, you know, ego in a way of progress there for Russell Wilson. He, he didn't play well last year. No. He, and he was banged up. Too. He was banged up. But, uh, you know, holding the ball in the pocket, you know, just trying to do things unconventional. I mean, Russell was trying way too hard last year. Now,
0: if he can fix that, it is an attractive number. And maybe the Seattle Seahawks can help him do that. What about Kyler Murray? Of course there's been some controversy surrounding Murray the last month or so, but he is listed at 25 to 1 and mm-hmm. I remember, you know, when they broke out to that 7 and 0 start last year, I mean he was one of the favorites right. to be MVP. So 25 to 1 doesn't look too attract or doesn't look too shabby. And the other one that I thought about, I mean, this guy really had legitimate MVP type numbers last season. What about our man right here down the street, Derek Carr, at forty yep. to one? So I was looking at that. I'm still investigating
4: because you know I could see uh, a part of my bankroll going to forty to one. But the only thing that concerns me is, okay, you got a new coordinator and play caller, Josh McDaniels. So the history of Josh McDaniels with Tom Brady. Did that ever produce or what did that produce in terms of MVP chances, right? I mean, you had the best quarterback of all time, the greatest quarterback of all time. And so how many MVPs was he racking up? I definitely want to do that. And how quickly, I mean, Derek Carr is a smart quarterback. He's Mm -hmm. a very intelligent quarterback. And, And also, I'm curious about what they're going to do around Derek Carr. Uh, they're going to lose some and players. And I think that's and,
0: part of the speculation, the mm-hmm. nature of a futures market. Right. You've got to gamble. If you're going to go in on Derek Carr, you're gambling or you're betting on that McDaniel's going to surround him. It's going to be a real positive, sure. right? So the active
4: rumor is Derek Carr is teaming up with Devontae Adams, his college teammate. At Fresno State. Be pretty
0: nice, with A it? lot
4: would have to happen for that to happen, though. But if if you get wind or if, if it seems like the tea leaves are blowing that way where Devonte Adams comes to the Raiders, and, okay, you got Darren Waller, Devonte Adams. I mean, Derek Carr 41 is highly attractive. Anybody uh, on this
0: list uh, catch your eye that you might get involved
4: with? Um, Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do with uh, Mike Williams. He's going to be a free agent. Uh, but Justin Herbert, I mean, he's – he, he's primed and ready. Uh, he didn't have continuity on his side. He had a new play caller mm-hmm. uh, last year. And, and so that's going to be settled down. Joe Burrow, too, if they can solve that offensive line. Uh, he, I mean, with the young core that he has right now, they did something that's never been done in the history of the game. And they ended up in yeah. the Super Bowl last year. So... A free agency is really going to determine my bet on that. But I do like uh, Joe Burrow at 12-1.
0: to What about uh, Lamar Jackson? Of course, this is a guy that has won the award before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Ravens are a team that I looked at in the futures market for a Super Bowl where they were about 18 or 20-1. to 1 Because... I think I have a great deal of respect for John Harbaugh and that entire organization just seems to draft well. They're always in the conversation and just barely missed the playoffs this year. I mean, how often do the Ravens miss the playoffs? It doesn't seem like too often. So, you know, you figure that they're going to have another good season. And you have a proven commodity in Lamar Jackson as a former MVP. And there he is at 22 to 1.
4: Yeah, he's really uh, standing out a little bit in terms of the fact that he's been that type of player. Now, the injuries, the same thing with Kyler Murray, right? It, the injuries are starting to catch up. And to defenses those. are catching up and to their, are catching their routine. Right. Yeah, because we know Lamar needs to evolve as a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. We had two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. They're pocket passers, and that's where the league wants you to go. Uh, that's, that's why I have concern about Kyler Murray. Uh, he's dynamic, but is is he going to elevate himself to a pocket passer? Same thing with Lamar Jackson. I, I want to see what his offseason, uh, 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 re- the results of having an offseason where he's trying to learn how to be a pocket passer and how that's going to look.
0: And, of course, who was the MVP this year? Another pocket passer. That's right. So, uh, yeah, may, may, I mean, that's food for thought. You know, it, maybe it's more of a gamble to take a shot with a guy like Murray. And, you know, even Mahomes. Mahomes, I guess he's a hybrid. He can can be whatever he wants, right? Yeah, absolutely. He can be a pocket passer or a scrambler. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to talk some college basketball next on the Lombardi Line. Stick around.
1: Zigazoo has made me zigzag.